You are listening to The Pause Podcast with Dr. Benji Epstein, a podcast where we'll be giving ourselves the permission to pause. This will be a practical guide to live a life with courage, presence, and authenticity. Reconnect with your most soulful and authentic self by pausing together. Welcome back. Welcome back to the next episode of Pause, the Pausecast. The poll is still out, but I am so glad that you've once again decided to take a few moments of your day to join me, to join us on this journey. And as we've discussed previously, the purpose of this pause cast, pause, is to see how our own spiritual tradition, how our Judaism is a path that helps us to wake us up to our lives. And it also demands that we remain attentive to what we're doing. And so our goal is simple. It's to wake up. Boker Tov, to wake up to the lives that we have, to be fully present to whatever this life is offering us. Loha Mesimi, hallelujah. If you want to be praising Yah, you got to be awake. You got to be alive. So let's wake up together. And today we're going to be talking about one of the most fundamental attitudinal qualities of mindfulness. And it's a key component to waking up. And this is the quality of acceptance. So we're going to talk about what it is, what it isn't, and how we can really lean into it. And of course, as is our uh, practice, we're going to try to finish with a meditative practice to embody this quality. And before we do that, just a little housekeeping reminders, keeping us on point. The repetition is how we develop the greater skills. Mindfulness is not merely a state. It's a way of being. It's a practice. We're not going to achieve this elusive goal of mindfulness once and for all and that's it. No, we're going to have to work at it moment by moment by moment. It is a path. It's a path of tshuva, a path of return, a return to what? A return to the truth, a return to the reality of our lives, a return to God. So in those moments that we are most clearly aware of living the truth of existence, that's when we're most alive. That's when we're living most clearly in the presence, in the presence of God. And also to accomplish this, this is a group effort. We need each other. We have to carry each other, right? Anan And we're not going to only be sharing ideas, but it's so important. I keep stressing this. We are eliciting feedback from you. And the feedback we've gotten has been so overwhelming. It's been so positive. And I'm encouraging you to keep doing it. And we're doing a pretty good job about getting back to people. And if you haven't gotten, uh, someone hasn't gotten back to you, we will. But the most impactful way to grow in this practice, and this is from my own experiences and from my clients, is to find others to share your successes and yes, even your struggles with. We are all in this together. Anan b'chavivusa talyamilsa. So as we begin, I want to remind everyone of a lesson that I received from one of my teachers. And it's this. While we may look Like ordinary people, everyone who is listening to the cast right now, and myself, we might look, including you, Ben, we might look like we're ordinary people. We are not. 
We are spiritual warriors, spiritual heroes, H-E-R-E dash O's, right? In spite of how it may look on the outside, regardless of whether or not it's apparent to others, we're not doing it for others, right? We're not doing it for others. It's clear to everyone, to myself, and to everyone who's investing in this practice that as long as it takes, we are committing ourselves to a life of practice, to a life of service, and to a life of love. Practice, service, love, together. We can only do this together. Anan b'chavivusa talimilsa. And I keep saying that. And that is a quote that comes from the Zohar, from Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his Talmidav and his Chevraya. He doesn't call them his students. He calls them the brotherhood. And he says that everything that he was able to accomplish, and he was able to accomplish some of the loftiest spiritual practices and is the basis of our mystical tradition. He says that everything that was accomplished through the power and the love that was between the Chevraya, between the community members. So that's what we're doing. We are committing ourselves as a group to a life of practice, service, and love. And of course, this is going to come with a disclaimer. These conversations, these pause casts are going to be filled with repetition, repeated drilling over and over and over again. Morning, afternoon, every day, 365. Because only through this repetition, only through this practice are we able to establish the new habits, the new ways of being that are not unconscious, but instead intentional, awake. And I'll be doing this with you every step of the way because I don't know. <laughs> right? Like you're supposed to say that you know everything, Benji. You have to be the expert. I truly do not. Don't know. Maybe I have certain life experiences that you might be able to benefit from, but don't take my word for it. Trust your own experiences. Trust your own inner wisdom. This is also doing this. (laughs) This is way out of my comfort zone. So inviting you to see me as a fellow traveler on the derech, baderech. We're all just walking each other home, right? So these messages, these ideas, these practices that we're going to be sharing in our discussions, they're going to be a repetition of teachings and intentional practices for the purpose of establishing new pathways, new habits, creating new neural grooves. Getting out of the autopilot is going to take work. This is the derech aruka shikitsara, the long, short way. The long, short, long road, the long, short way. And we're going to discuss how our brains are plastic, they're fluid, there's neuroplasticity that changes through our inner and outer activity. We go to the gym, we lift weights, we go for our daily jog, we go to the yoga class. We know that these are not simply activities that we could do once or twice and be done with it. We don't eat that healthy meal once and suddenly we've changed our eating habits, right? Their true value is going to be in the repetition over time, moment by moment by moment, day by day. The consistency in our lives, the dripping of the water on the rock that inspired Rabbi Akiva to show up every day. This is what changes our body. This is what changes our minds. And this is what changes our souls. Chazara. And often, it is the most obvious that we tend to not pay as much attention to. Who paid attention to their breathing recently? 
Who was noticing what the breath felt like? It's pretty obvious. We don't spend any time with it. And that means that it's going to require even more repetition. So the more we familiarize ourselves with these habits, the more we make it our intention to inculcate these practices into our daily lives, the more we will start to see little by little, drop by drop, that we're going to respond in the way that we choose versus our automatic and often unskillful reaction. I recently read something that was so jarring almost, and it was, the author asked, how hard do you need to think about the answer to the question of what's your address? You know your address? How hard do you think about that? When's your birthday? Right? You got that? Are you a robot? Right? You don't have to say, let me think about it. Are you a robot? It takes a little bit longer. (laughs) Let me think about it. You don't have to ask anyone. Right? It's there. It's at the tip of your tongue. You're so familiar with it. You don't spend any time specifically studying it because you've just, you know, simple repetition and interest over time. It's become a part of you. What's the state of your soul? <laughs> I wish I could describe that reaction. <laughs> right? We want the same thing to happen for us, for me, for you, with spiritual practice, with faith, with God. Right? We want to be able to have that same almost automatic response because we've become so conditioned. It's so part of our awareness that we're so clear. And this repetition is going to become the true, the true foundation of spirituality. Okay, so without further ado, that was all the housekeeping. Let's get to probably the most, um, I'm going to say this every time, the most important thing we could ever talk about because we're talking about it right now. Acceptance. So I saw this quote recently and I was thinking about it. I think about it a lot, share it with my clients, share it with my loved ones. And it's from one of our meditation teachers, Jack Cornfield. And he said, much of spiritual life is self-acceptance. Much of spiritual life is self-acceptance, maybe all of it. And we're not going to be talking about self-acceptance today. That's for a later podcast. But today we're just talking about the general idea of acceptance, maybe all of it. So when I say that, what does that bring up for you? Spiritual life is self-acceptance, maybe all of it. Do you agree with that? Do you disagree? And we're going to use this quote as a springboard to what I want to talk about today with you, and that's acceptance. Not the self-acceptance in the quote. And many of you have reached out to hear about how we can cultivate that, how we can accept ourselves more, and what's getting in the way of that. What's getting in the way of that happening? But stay tuned for that episode. But today we're starting with acceptance, which is a fundamental quality. It's a fundamental attitudinal quality of our spiritual lives. Kabbalah's ol. So what comes to mind when I say the word acceptance? Ben, you want to do it? You want to be my, want to throw something out there? Acceptance. How you are. Being okay with how you are, right? And it's it's an active process right? Being okay with how you are. There's nothing passive about it, right? Sometimes people hear the word acceptance, like, okay, I just have to like, you know, throw your hands up, be like, it's passive resignation. This, exactly what Ben was saying, is an act of recognition. It's an awareness that things are actually the way they are. And if we're going to be doing it from a spiritual perspective, that deeper level is that that's the way they're supposed to be. 
It's not just being with the way things as they are. It's like the way they're supposed to be. And the line that I keep coming back to is if it's happening, it's necessary. If it's happening, it's necessary. And more often than not, things are not the way that we want them to be. So acceptance doesn't mean that we can't work to change the world, to change the circumstances of one kind or another. It just means that unless we accept things as they are, we're going to be in a tug of war trying to force them to be as they are not. And that can create an enormous amount of difficulty. The curious paradox is when I accept things as they are, then I can begin to change. And that quote is from Carl Rogers' seminal work. I'm becoming a person, not being, I'm becoming a person. The curious paradox is when I accept things as they are, then, then I can begin to change. And he explains this later on in the book where Dr. Rogers writes, I find I am more effective when I can listen acceptantly to myself. I don't know if that's a word, but that's what he wrote and can be myself. I feel that over the years, I have learned to become more adequate in listening to myself so that I know somewhat more adequately than I used to what I am feeling in any given moment. One way of putting that is that I feel I have become more adequate in letting myself be what I am. It becomes easier for me to accept myself as a decidedly imperfect person who by no means functions at all times in the way in which I would like to function. This must seem like some very strange direction in which to move. It seems to me to have value because the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I change. And I've learned this. I've seen this from my clients and it's something that I'm trying to feel and work on and accept and with my own experience that we cannot change. We cannot move away from what we are until we accept what we are. And then change seems to come about almost unnoticed because we're always looking. If you're listening to this, if you are that self-selected audience who is part of PAUSE, so we're always looking at what we want to improve. We're always looking about where we want to be, where we need to get to, and what are the steps that we must take to get there. And we spend a lot a lot of energy and our thoughts focused on what we're not, where we're not, and how far we have to go to get there. And this is a real burden. This focusing upon the negative and carrying around all that excess weight of non-acceptance, of not being where we are, of not fully embodying the place where we're in, where we find ourselves. And seeing it as, as holy ground, seeing it as a sacred ground, that's going to act as a, a block, as an impediment to progress. And that's going to also increase a lot of resistance to actual changing or making real change and making it stick. So when we recognize fully the actuality of things, seeing things as they actually are, not how we want them to be, then at that moment, we have the potential to apply wisdom in that situation and shift our 
own relationship to what's occurring in ways that can really be healing profoundly. They can be transformational. But if we're not accepting the situation, if we're saying no to what actually is, it's really difficult to know where we're standing. And and if, if we don't know where to stand, if we don't know where we're, we're actually standing, it's hard, it's difficult to take that next step. So there are things in life that are hard to accept. Let's pause here for a moment. Think what is a consistent or constant present in your life that's making acceptance difficult? What is a constant presence in your life that makes this attitudinal quality of mindfulness, of acceptance, difficult? At what my clients have shared with me, and things that I experienced myself. So some, for example, people have shared uh, a failed marriage, a dead-end job, a, quotations, problem child, a chronic health condition. When you're experiencing pain, for instance, you're experiencing a, a, a real hard pain in your body and you don't know what it's from, it's very, very difficult to accept it because we want to know what it's coming from. And if we don't have an answer for that, what's causing the pain, it's really difficult to accept. I know someone who was dealing with the physical symptoms of his illness, but there were mental aspects that he just couldn't deal with. Those to him were something that shouldn't have been part of his illness. The back pain was fine, but the anxiety that surrounded it, that wasn't okay. And what the research has shown is that before you can actually work with any of the pain, you need to actually put out the welcome mat for it. You need to accept it. Accept it as it is because whatever has been done to treat it, that has been done, but you're still living with that degree of pain. And the first step is actually counterintuitively to put out the welcome mat for it, which is challenging because you're in a state of pain. And we'll talk about working with pain. And we know that the only math that I do right now is share the equation of pain times resistance equals suffering, right? When we're doing the opposite of accepting, when we're resisting the pain, that's what leads to suffering. But what I've been taught from my teachers is that this pain is a gateway into freedom from suffering. And that's where you and I are starting, acceptance. Because this attitude, this kavana, this mindset, it can be transformative in one's life. And such a powerful factor in cultivating Jewish spiritual mindfulness. And like I mentioned, this podcast will not be just focused on sharing ideas and chizik and my personal musings, which I hope you indulge me. Thank you for indulging me. <laughs> we have to take the Torah, we have to take the teachings and turn it into tefillah. We have to turn it into prayer. We have to turn it into embodied practice. This has to be something that we're bringing into our day-to-day -day life. And I know I'm beating this drum and I will continue to do so because we've gotten too top-heavy. We've gotten too intellectual. We've gotten too focused on nice ideas and sharing Dvar Torahs and tweets. But what is changing in our day-to-day -day life? What is changing in our relationship to ourselves and to our loved ones and to our higher power?
This has to be a practice. It has to be embodied. It has to be tangible. It has to be visceral. And so with most sessions, we're going to end with a meditation, with a practice, with a kavana. Some shorter, some longer, some new, some old. But all of these practices are going to be in order to keep our lives in line, in check, in step with our deepest values and yearnings. And before this guided practice, I just want to give you a few ideas to keep in mind about the process of meditation itself. And we're going to be sprinkling these ideas in with the practices. There's no real linearity. Is that a word? I'm keeping it. I mean, this, this, our lives are not linear. You know, our, our progress is not going to be ascending in a consistent basis. We're not going to be at any cruising altitude. We're going to be ruts of a show. We're going to be riding the waves. So <laughs> here we are going to be sharing a few ideas about the process of meditation itself. As best you can, it's important to practice in a place where you can give this meditation your full attention. So ideally not while you're driving. But at the same time, there are those of us, myself included, who get hung up trying to find the perfect place for meditation and you cannot have any construction noise outside or the kids are never going to come in and interrupt and look for that snack. And gentle reminder, you don't need to find some hidden sanctuary to do this. To do this practice, all you need to do is find a place where you can focus on my words Turn off your phone, you know, put it on silent mode, airplane mode, and give this practice your full attention. And most of the meditations we're going to be doing together are going to be by settling the body. You could sit in a chair, a meditation cushion, cross-legged on the floor. And sitting is good because it makes it a little bit easier to stay awake. But if the sitting is painful for some reason, you can also lie down. The most important factor in choosing a position, be it seated or standing or lying down, is that it feels comfortable to you and steady. And that you could stay awakened and if you have a tendency to fall asleep during these meditations, it means you're probably not getting enough sleep. So gentle reminder that sleep is important. The goal is, as Jalan Kabat-Zinn has taught us, it's to fall awake, right? The Sipuri Masios of Rebbe Nachman, the stories are to keep us awake. These practices are to bring this attitude of wakefulness into our lives. So I encourage you to experiment with different positions that help you stay awake. And you could also experiment with keeping your eyes open rather than closed during your meditation. I personally prefer to keep my eyes closed. But again, you are the arbiter of what practices work for you best. So in this practice, I'm going to be guiding you through a series of breathing exercises, mental visualizations and contemplations, and stay as present as possible throughout each step of the practice. The mind will wander. That's what the mind does. But whenever you notice that your mind's wandered, bring it back to my voice. Bring it back to the practice. Bring it back to the visualizations and reflections of this practice. So here we go. Sitting, lying, standing, in whatever position you feel allows you to feel alert, Yet relaxed, that paradox, the non-doing state of trying to be here now and then letting go. So let's take a few deep breaths, inhaling through your nose. And this time let's exhale through our mouth. Just let it go. In through your nose. Ah. 
few more times, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. And now just settling into the natural rhythm of the breath. Inhaling and exhaling through your nose. Just sensing the flow of the breath as it goes in and out. In your mouth, your throat, noticing each breath in and each breath out. Perhaps noticing how this flow is already happening. You can witness it. You don't need to control it. And welcoming this natural flow and rhythm of change with each breath in and each breath out, riding the waves. And now bring awareness to the area around your physical heart, the center of the chest. Perhaps noticing how this area gently expands or fills when you breathe in and how it relaxes when you breathe out. Again, you don't need to do anything to make this happen. Simply bring awareness to the movement and expansion that is already happening around your physical lungs and heart. Feeling the lungs expand the chest as you rise. Feeling the lungs expand the chest as you breathe in. And that expansion dissolving as you breathe out. And now for a few breaths, imagine that you can inhale directly into the center of your chest, almost as if you've moved your nostrils right to the center of your chest. Imagining that you could inhale directly into the chest, expanding the lungs and heart, and imagining that you could exhale directly from that point at the center of your chest. Invite that natural flow and rhythm of change right here to the heart. Inhaling into the heart and exhaling out from the heart. You could tune into the sensations of expansion around the heart and lungs as you breathe in. That relaxation and release as you breathe out. And what does it feel like to breathe directly into that space? Allowing each breath to nourish your heart. 
allowing each breath to dissolve any restrictions or tightness around the heart. Imagine that as you are breathing in, you are welcoming. You are accepting the experience of life itself. And imagine as you're breathing out, you're letting go, letting go, letting go of whatever you cannot control. Welcome. Welcome this direct experience of natural flow and rhythm of change. And now from this attitude of openness to life, just ask yourself the following questions and you might repeat the questions in your own mind and see if anything arises in response to each question. If anything were possible, what would you like to see most in your life? If anything were possible, what would you like to see most in your life? What do you want to offer to the world? What do you want to offer to the world? What are you willing to let go of? What are we willing to let go of? And just coming back to your breath, the simple feeling of breathing in and out, experiencing the process of welcoming as you breathe in and letting go as you breathe out and just going to rest here for as long as you like in this state of open-hearted acceptance and possibility. Gently reminding yourself that you can experience the process of acceptance every time you breathe in and letting go as you breathe out. Notice where your mind is and just see if you can rest it in the feelings of the breath. And just taking a moment here to acknowledge your own participation in this practice and your courage, your willingness to open your heart to change, to join us on this journey. 
And when you're ready, you can begin to open your eyes, move, stretch the fingers, the toes, the hands and feet, your head, neck. And once again, taking a moment, taking a moment to acknowledge yourself for your participation in this practice, honoring your intention to open the mind and heart to change. And I encourage you to continue to rest here for as long as you would like in the state of open-hearted acceptance and possibility. And then take this state of open-hearted acceptance and possibility, take it with you for the rest of your day and for the rest of the week. Thank you so much for pausing with me. Let's pause together again real soon. I believe the goal is soul. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And of course, to see more content from Pause, you can sign up for our WhatsApp status. Hit the link in the description where we post content every day throughout the day. Content from Dr. Epstein and others. Thank you for listening.